so social media or internet itself is not democratic in, in enough now mm -hmm. it's only showing you what you want to see hey everybody welcome to the pandya show today with me i have a very special guest his name is parak salve and uh he's the owner of salve soft and he's a ex googler and you'll be speaking on various topics about today so please welcome parag salve hey parag how are you doing hey i'm doing good thanks thanks for calling me so can you explain what you're currently doing about your sure. profession sure um i'm i'm as you said in in the introduction i'm the owner of salve soft and i'm i'm working on the sides as well as an engineer in in rf empower rf uh, with around 10 11 years of experience as an engineer um so as an owner of salvisoft i have a team in based in india but all my clientele is here in the us as well as in australia uh it's an engineering firm so yeah and what does salvisoft do sure um i'm in uh, there's a small story in there if if time permits if yes, i can go for yeah it, okay. go for it. um so i'm in in 2014 i got laid off from uh from st jude medical i worked there for 6 years and um my kid was around 15 days then when i got laid off um and then i started receiving calls from uh, these uh, um home buyers i think those were uh, they said uh, it seems you are in a life changing moment and uh, are you looking to sell your house and i'm like how do you know and how do you know what my life changing moment is and they said no no that's fine i mean if you're not interested in selling your house that's fine i'm like that i mean that got me thinking and uh, then i started googling about stuff how how they get to know about these things so i found out that uh, whenever someone gets laid off that information goes in county websites or on different websites uh, government websites x number of people ah. got laid off these were probably their designations and age groups and whatever and then they pull out the leads from there so i started doing that i was good at scripting so i built a few scripts back then probably was perl uh i built those scripts left those scrapers on various websites from where i could pull out the leads mm. and i started selling those leads to real estate people yeah um and then eventually since i'm an engineer by profession eventually i started getting into engineering projects as well and then and then recently i started we have started uh, getting into ai projects as well so a lot of automation a lot of ai a lot of electrical uh, engineering stuff but that is how it started back then in 2014 Yeah. And that just kind of interested you. So it was it was kind of like a I wouldn't say a bad moment, but right. a moment that you weren't looking forward to kind of sparked right. a light into right, the right. right direction. That's right. That was my aha moment like oh, that's that's how they are pulling out the leads and I could probably sell those leads to real estate people. Yeah, cuz uh yeah. data sells, right? That's <laughs> every true. every company data is data is gold now. It's yeah, it is it's, it's a gold and Like you said it's very interesting that they had all that information that makes true. us think That's what true. other information could That's be true. out there. And yeah and you never know about that information until you go through those life events and something happens to you then. That's very true. Yeah. And uh Salvage Soft you started when? In 2014. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's so been, it's been a, six, so you have a good so, yeah. amount of experience in Yeah. With with handling that company in there. Yeah. Okay. And uh your educational background you briefly touched upon. Sure. Um so I did my engineering my undergrad uh in India. Okay. Uh that was in electronics which is similar to electrical. Uh then I came here in 2006 uh in I started doing my masters in uh, USC as electrical. Uh and then I started working for St Jude Medical got laid off started my company. But then based uh, since I'm on a visa here still. 
Um, so I had to work for a company as well. So I'm still working for a company, mm -hmm. but then I work for different companies in there, MRV, then Google and uh, Google Life Sciences to be more specific in there, and a couple of different companies in there, like Google and now Empire RF in there. Oh, yeah. okay. So how would you say the differences between, you, you've done your undergrad in India, yeah. as you said, and you've yeah. done your postgrad right, over here. Right, right. So how would you say the differences between both curricula? Sure, sure. I mean, that's a good question. Um, in India, it's, uh, it, it was, in, I mean, it was more about, it was lesser about uh, understanding everything that you did, but mm -hmm. it was more about gaining the marks that you mm. want to get. It was more on the um, uh, on those aspects in there but then the good thing uh, from there was since you have so many different aspects of engineering plugged in those four years you had to be very skillful and you had to be very um, adapt at your hard working um, at, at your different skills in there be it hard work in or um, skills or being very proactive with your uh, uh, with your studies um, I mean, that was looking at that side of things from India. Uh, but then when I came here, it was uh, not a 180 degree shift, but at least a 90 degree shift in the way education here is. It was more hands-on mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, lesser on the, it was more on the fundamental, uh, the basics and, and, uh, and more on the uh, hands-on aspects of things. And if I think back now, it's very obvious. With that huge population there, in every class, uh, sorry, in every class there would be around 100 students in there, 80 to 100 students. Wow. So you wouldn't have enough instruments um, for each of the person, right? Uh, but here you had like 35, 40 people in each class. So every student would get his set of instruments, for example. So it's easier to be hands-on as opposed to just go through the books in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, so each had its own advantages and disadvantages. So, I mean, these were all the differences that I could see between both in there. And you got best of the both worlds, right? I think Most so. I think so. Now, looking back, I think so. Yeah? Yeah. So you yeah. think uh, both have kind of helped you apply yeah. these skills yeah. into your life yeah. and your profession? Yeah. yeah. Each uh, groomed different skills and different aspects of your personality. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That's, okay. yeah. Yeah. And um, you said you're doing engineering and then kind of shifted more AI and automation. So yeah, speak a little yeah, about yeah. Mine was more into electrical, mm -hmm. uh, which was more into designing aspects of things, my education. Mm -hmm. But then my first uh, stint at St. Jude Medical was more into testing. So that pushed me into testing and a bit into scripting. But then Salvisoft was all scripting and, and data analysis. Um, so, uh, so we started getting into scripting more mm -hmm. and then getting into Google was all, uh, not all I would say like at least 50-60% was scripting in Python. So a lot of scripting, a lot of software development uh, in there, not a lot of, lesser on software development, more on scripting, automation, uh, those aspects in there. So um, it's interesting um, how it went in from design test to scripting now, um, so yeah. So it's kind of like going with the flow and adapting, right? Right, right, that's right, the right. That's true, that's true. I, I mean, I think that's, um, you don't want to uh, cement yourself within a few boundaries and walls. Take mm -hmm. whatever comes your way and then give your best and see where it takes you, where it leads you. Yeah. That's right. And um, you said you worked at Google, right? Yeah. So how was that? Because uh, 
man, you have to you have to be a special person to be working at Google. Not many people have the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, I was I was fortunate to get an opportunity in there. It was different. It was good. A uh, couple of different projects. I mean, and very interesting projects. A uh, couple of different. Uh, one of the projects was uh, debug AI that they were working on, and these were like mosquitoes, um, which uh, the males would mate with the females, and the eggs won't hatch from these genetically modified male mosquitoes. Um, so that was one of the projects that would like blow oh, your wow. mind, and how they would think about. uh doing these things in there i mean i think there was a pilot run in bakersfield which brought down the mosquito population by a huge percentage in there so now i think they are now selling their mosquitoes to australia asia africa where and it would bring the bring down diseases like uh dengue and chikungunya and all those a huge bit in there mm-hmm. uh then there was a neuromodulation project that we worked on which uh it was more of a pain management stuff uh, where you would put an instrument in 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 the body of the uh, patient and it would play around with the uh, signals of the brain to uh, tell him that your um your your bones aren't swollen yet uh, and it's not paining now so it was more of a pain management aspect in there so uh, these were different projects that they That's were working on and it was pretty interesting working in there wow. yeah apart from all the perks yeah um, <laughs> Uh, all the food that you get in there and all the brilliant people that you w- get to work with in there these were the different aspects that you get to work in there and how was the leadership and group work oh beautiful i mean uh, from all the different companies that i had worked with uh worked for uh, the difference that i saw in there was uh, the age population was very young uh and then these were hard working people and smart people and that combination that in uh, packed in one I haven't found that in different companies that I've worked with yet. Mm. That I found in Google. Uh, age population 35, 40 maximum and under. Uh super smart people, uh Stanford's and and you you um you name it and um super hard working as well. Either you would find smart people who are not hard working or hard working people who are not smart enough. Yeah. And then they might not be young. And these were all uh, bound in one. at google so that was that was very different very inspiring uh, place to work at uh, and the different uh, different initia- uh, initiatives that they had <coughs> um like feel the i mean very social oriented once a quarter we would have um initiatives uh, catered towards the society and give back to people oh. um where the employees would uh go in different aspects or different parts of uh, bay area it was in in, mm-hmm. in san jose area yeah that's right different places of san jose uh um oakland and those places and then talk with people introduce their introduce your skills to them at college level at school level and different things so it was very inspiring to work at that place as well yeah and uh you touched upon the s- hard working people smart people and the age group yeah. so do you think they had a selective process yeah, that that's what sure. they wanted right i'm pretty sure yeah they wouldn't say that uh but i'm pretty sure they um had that age group in mind do, yeah. do you know like maybe guess any reason why oh yeah know? sure um and uh, even while uh, even when we were hiring people one of the reasons that we found as after a specific age group people tend to not mend their ways to newer um I mean the mindset gets a bit rigid and that's very understandable it it will happen to everyone of us mm-hmm. uh, cuz you after a while you know that things are working for me why to change it so 
so so at specific age group under say 40 45 your mind's pretty flexible to things so we we were probably targeting those age groups as well ourselves so yeah that's the reason so you want someone that's running ready to adapt and exactly. make those changes right 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 and yeah. it's beneficial for both the people and the yeah. company right yeah. so, because yeah. if the people are not it's kind of like the same robotic type of lifestyle right. they'll get bored right and same thing with the company they want right. someone who's ready right. to adapt and right. just right. learning right. learning learning yeah yeah um i mean often have seen the energy levels seldom go down for a motivated person mm-hmm. with age groups so even someone who is very motivated engineer at 25 he would be having the same motivation at 60 oh. uh same motivation and often the same energy levels as well wow um if he is enough motivated but then the uh, levels of how soon he would adapt to things that changes mm, yeah that's right yeah. cuz as you kind of But then uh w- what about the question of experience like where do you think that would That's true. That's true. Um that's that's a given taken there. Yeah, that's right. You're um, going to lose something. That's true. Yeah. Uh, going to lose something. Um and probably Google can afford to make those mistakes. <laughs> and I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so so they took that call. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually pretty interesting and yeah. it was good that um you had that experience so it kind right. of caters that towards your company and you could learn right. a few tricks of working as a team and right. Right. other things so you had touched upon uh, automation and ai yeah. can you kind of uh, to our audience explain what is ai and automation sure i mean uh, those are two different aspects uh, okay. and very different aspects uh, there's machine learning there's ai there's automation <clears throat> um in machine learning it is um, for us at least uh, for different groups different companies it might be different for at least for us it is um we would go on engineering floor uh, on a production floor we would uh, automate it so that lesser humans are uh, in the circle mm-hmm. um doing things doing mechanical things um so lot of automation would be around scripting those things uh, not robotic arms but at least for viewers it will be uh, where a human would be click clicking a button that would be doing uh, that would be done by a script itself so that is automation where it's all automated mm-hmm. um the entire procedure if there's nothing new being uh, brought to the table by the human then it's all automated by human uh, by computers yeah so that is automation Machine learning is where uh, based on data there's an analysis done on that data mm-hmm. and then uh, an engineer would make decisions and then feed it to the scripts so that the scripts would learn uh, which data is more uh, useful and more um, catered towards uh, the the final output and then change the variables change the procedures Uh, or change the variables of the procedures to make it more suitable towards the final product having a huge uh, or a higher yield purpose so, that so be that machine is, learning that is machine learning okay. where the machine learns on its itself mm. uh, which data is more useful and then cater or change the variables of its own procedure and then ai is 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 uh, there's a fine line between ai and machine learning as well not a fine line but there's a gray area yes. between those two where it's again learning on its own the the script is learning on its own uh where the in- intelligence is artificially built in the scripts as opposed to given by the humans human yeah so it's kind of learning as it's going learning as it's going ah, yeah that's, that's right so that is ai 
Um, so often, I mean, um, one of the one of the clients we have at Salvisoft uh, is Dotsy um, Bosch, who who is a silver medalist for uh, for US in in women's uh, uh, bicycling event in oh, wow. 2011 or 12 Olympics that was. Um, so she, uh, that's the story again. If you have, go for if it. If you have time, we love stories. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, she, I, I'm not sure if prior to her cycling career, um, um, she was not a vegan, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when she switched over to being a vegan, her performance went, uh, went through the roofs. And that allowed her, uh, and I think, and, and she's uh, there on Game Changers on Netflix as well. Oh, okay. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so she's narrated that there as well. I think she's been on four Olympics, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. I'm not. Um, I might. I might be wrong on those as well. Uh, but for the first three Olympics, she didn't do that great. But before the fourth Olympic, she had nearly given up. But then she changed her lifestyle to being a vegan, um, and then her performance went through the roofs, even better than the first three Olympics. And then uh, when she was a silver. Uh, she was at age 40s, mid 40s or so, or oh, wow. probably mid 30s, um, again, might be. Uh, mid 30s or so, probably. And that motivated her to change her lifestyle. Wow. And so she's then, uh, since then, started an uh, uh, organization of her own, uh, switch, switch for Good, Switch to Good, mm -hmm. uh, or Switch for Good. Uh, a number four in there instead of uh, yes. four, yes, so yes. switch for good. Mm -hmm. um, so we are doing various aspects of AI and uh, AI and lead generation mm -hmm. for them. So uh, there we are uh, doing a lot of lead generation through AI. We are understanding through the uh, we are going through social media of each of their leads to understand uh, their eating um, habits of the different leads in there, um, and then um, what their interests are. Of, of the leads and then through scripts. Ah. So we are going through Facebook of say you yes. and then we are through scripts. The script is looking at various comments, various posts, various likes mm -hmm. to see what their interests are. If they're interested in vegan lifestyle, if they're if what their profession might be, if they're a sports person, if they're a businessman or if they're someone else. And then, um, and, and then pull out those leads and then give those to Dotsy. For, for their purposes. So there's a lot of machine learning, a lot of scripting, mm -hmm. and then AI as well, because the script is, as it's going through all the social medias, th through ears of that person, and the lead, and, and the long list of leads, the script is also trying to learn where I can go better. So that is machine learning slash AI as well, not machine learning, uh, some AI in there mm -hmm. as well. So all built in Python, so yeah. That's, that's actually very interesting. And that uh, kind of leads me to question you about, have you seen Social Dilemma? No. The Netflix no, documentary no, no, movie? No. It's, it's very interesting you say that, but um, it's uh, these people that worked at uh, companies such as Facebook, mm -hmm. Google, mm -hmm. Apple, mm -hmm. Yahoo. Uh -huh. And um, they come together to give interview about how, or the movie itself, it kind of shows what data is, mm -hmm. all these uh, companies that have data, your information, yeah. they know how long you've been on a certain post, uh, what you like, right. and they kind of cater you more of the things that you like and your interests. Right. So they're not going to give you, a, let's say if it's a conservative person right. liking conservative news, they're not going to give them more liberal, progressive right. news. Right. They're going right. to feed them more conservative yeah. news because that's what's going to sell. That's true. 
So do you think the do you think the industry would be changing more towards because like Apple Maps and Google Maps? Yeah. Google Maps is far much better because it gathers more data right, and right. more information compared to Apple Maps, which right. doesn't as much as Google Maps. Right. So do you think which way is the industry going? Where are they going to be? Charging for data because they do sell it to companies, right? Sure. So sure. when you accept and stuff, and I'm sure it's for a good purpose to kind of have more technological advanced countries and yeah. developed. So, do you think there's going to be a significant change from what it is right now? Like, how would you say the future of AI will be implemented in our? Um, that's a good question. That's a pretty uh, involved question, I would say. Uh, now. As you rightly pointed out, that people are getting the feeds that they are interested in, mm -hmm. and so social media or internet itself is not democratic in, in enough now. Mm -hmm. It's only showing you what you want to see. That's right. It's not showing you the other side of the world. So there would be surely there would be companies uh, eventually that will show you, or that will come up and that will give you options um, on the other side of spectrum as well. Uh, for instance, in media. Now, uh, if you are someone who follows Fox or CNN, if you are follow CNN sort of news, mm -hmm. it will show you just those sort of news in there, all the feeds. But then people want to see all the aspects of uh, um, Fox as well. Mm -hmm. So there would be someone who would give a more democratic view of news as well. Um, so I think that, w I mean, industry, because because uh, it's all about money, right? It's all about ads, what sells. So someone who is interested in more uh, left-wing left news would be sold more of the left-wing mm -hmm. clicks in there. But then there would be companies who, who would, uh, but then they are leaving the money from the right-wing news as well. Yeah, that's So right. there would be companies who would make a right balance between those two. And I'm pretty sure the industry and that is applicable to every aspect, not just media, but also social media, um, but also the video feeds that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the industry eventually, and they, they might be already doing it, the industry, and there's a lot of money uh, to be made in there as well. Yes. Uh, the companies or the AI or the, um, the coders shouldn't, uh, just think that that person you would get more ads by showing him his sort of things. Yeah, exactly. In there. Yeah, the person has a left brain as well as well as a right, right brain. brain. Yeah. So show him both sides of the brain, and it's up to him which one, which ones he want to click. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Do you think that kind of depends on the business model of these companies? Yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah. yeah. They should kind of implement more because there's here's what I see. What's wrong with feeding a conservative just conservative right. news just right. polarizes right. people even more. Right. Right, they're right. saying, "Oh wow!" I, I, and it's so simple. You just retweet, yeah. like, repost, yeah. and the, the same friends are right. watching the things, right. and it's right. just they're right. you get your own bubble in there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of need to be more exposed to the different other side ideas. of the bubble as well, yeah. right? So, so that there's some gray in both the bubbles. As exactly, well. yeah. and th there, that kind of leads to more understanding and unity between people as well. Right. So that's right. kind of like the impact it's having. And like you said, it's. Interesting. There will be some companies that will come and say, right. "Hey, you know, th there's money to be made both sides, right? And right. we'll kind of bring that balance, right? Right. But right. do you do you think that the business model needs to change, or w what needs to change f to have that kind of? Yeah. Um, surely there should be. I mean, the business model surely should change because mm -hmm. once the money gets inflowing, uh, then the 
the the algorithms will change as well behind these websites behind these uh, services that are providing these uh, behind these companies that are providing these services in there um, I'm pretty sure once the money um, like one of the thoughts that I have in there is um, surely you give him the conservative sort of feeds in there mm -hmm. whichever he is interested in but show him the other side of the bubble um, in a very a very short manner mm -hmm. So that he doesn't have to go through a 30-minute-long video to see the other side of the bubble. Mm -hmm. Show him a 30-second snippet of the of that sort of bubble, because you want to pull him towards that sort of thing as well. Yeah. So you can you can probably convert these videos in a wine, for instance. You can probably convert these long news and articles in just headlines and show mm -hmm. him those as well. Um, so yeah, to kind of have that exposure, and yeah, that open light, yeah. that hey, there's another side. Right, right. It's not just one and kind of. And then try to attract him towards that side of thing as well. Yeah, yeah. that's that's actually pretty yeah. wise. And uh, this is just a cur curiosity question. There's this TikTok trend, uh -huh. like a girlfriend is going on her phone because you know how you said uh, the phone captures all the things you search for and kind of feeds you that information. Right. So she's going on this. Uh, on her boyfriend's phone mm -hmm. and saying something like engagement ring engagement ring oh, okay to see if uh to kind of it, it's kind of the ideology behind it is to see that if tiktok or her google his google feed recommends an engagement ring since she's been talking about it right so right. is that true can they hear and oh yeah they're hearing us now our phones are wow. hearing us now yeah yeah probably 30 minutes down the line you might get some it might pick up some keywords from our conversation and it might show you those recommendations on your phone and that's well. so ai right that's yeah i mean um uh, that's breach of uh, of your <laughs> uh, personal lives as well, uh, but that is happening all around. That's us. what we and do when we press accept. Exactly. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Without reading true. the that's entire what policy. That's when you have your cameras at home, uh, when you have phones or mm -hmm. or yeah different devices in there which are connected to internet. And that's scary if you really think that's about yeah. all the cyber terrorism attacks right. that can happen right. in the future. Right. So, I'd uh, taken a class at UCLA. Mm -hmm. I'm a political science major, uh -huh. so it was about uh, primarily based on terrorism, the uh -huh. class, uh -huh. and it was about different waves of terrorism. Uh -huh. So first one was, um, or one of the recent waves was religious terrorism, uh -huh. which kind of lasted uh -huh. uh, 20, 30 years. Uh -huh. And our professor was saying that the new wave of terrorism will be the cyber, cyber crime. That's, and true. That's true. It won't be like, oh, this person will brainwash you in the name of God or this right, or that right. but it will be more of they'll hack into this and say hey if right. you don't do this we'll do that's this true. so that that's kind of like the scary part that's true yeah. so w what can companies or I'm, I'm sure they have a oh yeah people who are in place to kind of protect people from that but right. it could also lean more towards the other way right there's right right like all the scamming that happens right that's, true. that's all the data that's out there they're gathering phone information that's and true yeah the names and stuff yeah yeah <clears throat> I mean it's uh, two sides of I mean everyone has two sides that's right religion comes with two sides mm -hmm. um, internet comes with two sides uh, technology comes with two sides so you have to balance both sides to get the best of the side that you think is the best um, so yeah I mean you just have to manage it accordingly it will always be there uh, be it any aspect of life mm -hmm. um, and this uh, scenario uh, for uh, web terrorism. Um, there would be hackers. There would be people uh, who would extort money and different aspects or data uh, by by hacking into different accounts. But again, there would be businesses. Uh, there are businesses who have come up 
to safeguard you from these things and it's up to people to accept those businesses and not yeah that's that's a good point because um it's kind of hard for people especially people who want to stay connected to family yeah and stuff to kind of go on ghost mode right right? say oh i don't i won't have social media i won't have this right well that's the easiest way for you to connect if you look at the positive way it's connected people from across the world that's true i remember like 10 12 years ago if I wanted to call my family in India, they would have to go to a place where there was a computer. They didn't have a right. computer at home. Right, right. It would take like 10, 15 minutes. would right. call from the regular phone to say, hey, can you hear us? Right. Adjusting the camera. Now it's just WhatsApp video call. Yeah, yeah. Video true. call here, text message. That's true. And it's it makes it easier, yeah. but it creates more problems too. That's true. So That's true. For the people at least that want to stay united and stay connected with their family it's, it's kind of hard to not have these right. social media apps right. and stay connected right. right right so i guess it's kind of since everyone's on it right yeah. so like yeah. E- yeah even older people are they're yeah. starting to yeah. get on it yeah. yeah so where's your do you think it's only going to get more popular in oh the yeah future? I'm for sure. i mean that's the future and that's the present as well yeah um and it's surely going to get more popular there's uh, still a huge population around the world which is not still not connected um, and that will get connected and um, hacking would even be more popular then mm. and it'll be even more easier for those hackers uh, to get into different accounts uh, but then again which account is useful for them and not is up to them to decide That's right. uh, so uh, and and it's up to the, these more important accounts to safeguard their accounts as well mm-hmm. um, and again there are companies there are services that allow you and to safeguard your own account uh, f- be it on social media, be it on your emails or, or phones and, and, and uh, antiviruses as well. So it's up to the user if, you, if they want to use it or not, if they uh, consider their accounts uh, useful enough or not. That makes sense. Yeah. So they still have that control whether right, right. I want to do this or this where I'm going to draw boundaries. Right, right. Okay, so that kind of leads me to question about yourself. Um, you have Solvysoft yeah. that you started around six years ago. Yeah. That's a very good thing, and it's a big thing mm-hmm. because um, I remember there's a, st- a statistic that new companies or new businesses that open shut down within the first two years. Fifty percent right. of them, fifty sixty percent. Yeah, that's right. So, what were some challenges that you faced early on? Yeah, that you can kind of advise the entrepreneurs in your l- type of field. Sure, sure. I mean, um, I was fortunate that I took the decision to start the company there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were reasons that I couldn't start it here as well, um, owing to my uh, visa. But uh, those circumstances allowed me to come open a company there, which allowed me to uh, keep the expenses super down. There as in uh, India? As in yes. India, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, but then now the world has uh, gotten so democratic um, in, in a sense of talent hunting. Um, though I have my company in India, uh, but I have people working from me from Nepal, for example, for, or from Ukraine, for instance, uh, or from Sri Lanka. Oh. Um, so um, it's just based on h- how good are you at delivering those services. It doesn't matter now from which country you are or if you're physically sitting in an office. Uh, for the first three years, I had people sitting in my office and none outside. But then I have now people sitting in different parts of India, for instance, some in Kolkata, some in Nagpur, uh, where my company is, uh, but some in Nepal, uh, a few, uh, uh, some in Ukraine or Sri Lanka, uh, wherever it's inexpensive, wherever the people are good at their services. So 
few of the advices that I can give them is, um, especially in my sor sort of services, is if you have an office, physical office in US, you are not bound to keep your employees physically in their office. Mm -hmm. You can skate around the world, you can search around the world to see which employee or which person you find is a good fit. Mm. And there are enough platforms out there to find those freelancers. For instance, there's or for instance, there's LinkedIn, mm. from f where you can find people around the world, or there's Upwork, for where you can find people or freelancers around the world, and you don't have to limit yourself to uh, ha have a very expensive employee uh, sitting here or in the UK or mm. anywhere for that matter. Uh, so that is one. The other is be very uh, lucid, I would say. Um, don't have walls around your services, especially if you're a service-based company. Mm -hmm. so Facebook started as a social media company, but now they have Oculus yes. um, and, and various different aspects. Like Google was a search engine, but then they, have, they are getting into medical life sciences. Um, they have balloons, internet uh, balloons, which are beaming down uh, internet in South America, mm -hmm. as we are speaking. They are into uh, autonomous cars as well by Waymo. Yeah. So be very lucid. Uh, don't have walls around your service that this is just what I am and this is what I build, want to build my company mm -hmm. into. That is second. And, and third is um, for building a business for, for that instance, um, I think um, uh, two things that I found were very important was risk-taking ability and empathy. Mm -hmm. uh, by risk-taking ability, uh, I mean that is the thing that separates a businessman from, from a non-businessman. Um, a sane person would never take a risk to put his money to get that money back in the future. Mm -hmm. So that is risk-taking ability. Uh, so you ha you've got to have that and you can, it's easier to start young when you don't have those liabilities in your life, like a f bigger family. Family, children. Children That's right. or take care of. So mm -hmm. you don't have anything to lose at that stage. So go ahead, try different things, experiment with, with your life. And it's very inexpensive at that age group, I would say before you get married and before you have kids, before you have a family to try different things. So go ahead, take risks in your life. Don't don't be scared, don't be frightened to take risks. And the other is empathy. By empathy, I mean it's all about people at the end of the day, um, for me at least. Um, people in your company, your employees, uh, and people outside your company, your clients, you have to manage these two people. You have to keep them happy, you have to keep them motivated enough. You have to keep the employees motivated to give their best to you and you have to keep the clients motivated enough to give more work to you. That's right. So it's all about empathy, understanding the other person, what he wants in his life. He might be going through a rough patch, a tough phase. Don't give up on that person. Uh, talk to him, try to understand him. For instance, again, a story. Uh, love story. Go <laughs> ahead, please. Uh, for instance, one of our employees, uh, she's been with us for around four years now. And initial three years or two years, I would say, she was very hard to speak with. I mean, she had no bad intentions, but her, the way she talked was pretty rough, was pretty mm -hmm. rude. I, I, I mean, at instances, I was like, no, I wanna lay that person off. Cause I don't think she respects the people working around her with her uh, enough. But then my wife, um, she um, 
she is very involved in our company. Um, she uh, understands the HR side of things very well and the project management side of things very well. So she said, talk to her, give, him, give her a chance. So we had a couple of meetings with her and we were very patient with that person. Um, and eventually we could see that she started taking more responsibilities of people around her because she was getting more senior as mm -hmm. opposed to other pe people who were joining after her. So I don't know what, but she started feeling more responsible for those people to train them, to, un to, to cater them, uh, to cater them yeah. better. Um, and, and then eventually we could see her tone getting softer mm. um, and she getting more responsible towards her team, towards her clients. So, and now she is an associate manager in our company. She has a team under her and it's unbelievable uh, to see the transition she has gone as a personality, as a person to what she is now. So, I mean, these are three things I would say uh, as, as an entrepreneur. Uh, to uh, as an entrepreneur to keep your expenses low initially when you're starting out oh, yeah. as a startup uh, to have empathy have risk-taking abilities and don't keep boundaries be very lucid yeah Th these are honestly awesome tips that sure people who are probably listening to this because sure. they kind of need that support that hey this person's done it I could do it too sure right yeah. so yeah. and uh, you gave some really good advice and uh, the first one that you talked about how you have employees in different countries and so that leads me to question you with all the COVID and stuff right. COVID the pandemic happening right. lots of people have been working from home so that's kind of opened up a realm of hey do I really need to even for companies hey do I really need to have this whole building which I have to right. pay monthly for right. to right. have all my uh you know, all my employees there, right. well, while they can work at home, right. be just as efficient, right. and that cuts down on a major cost, that's it, depending on how big they are, that's what area they're in, they're gonna have to pay for more. That's true. So that's a, that's a very good uh, way to kind of keep expenses low. Right. And did you work from home for? Oh yeah, I'm currently working from home. Um, and for my company, I've always been working from home because all the employees sitting in India. So how's that experience and how do you think, do you think that they could be more efficient if they're at home and? Um, I mean, there are, again, every coin has two sides. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, and I think the smaller companies had already started doing that way back. But now it's the bigger companies that it's dawning on them due to COVID that it's all accelerated now that people can work from home and they are equally efficient working from home. You think they'll do that? Companies will oh, yeah. lead? Uh, I mean, there's been a survey that, uh, I think it was Microsoft or one of those major FANG companies, mm -hmm. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, those sort of companies, yeah. uh, where they uh, they had a survey where 45% of, uh, of the employees now uh, want to work from home. Uh, in, instead of an initially prior COVID, it was 18% or 17%. Now it's 45% of the employees. That's a huge. Are more, yeah, that's a huge yeah. difference. And it's a win-win situation for both, for companies as well as employees. And I could see there's no difference, in, uh, at least from my uh, perspective, for my company. Mm -hmm. There's no difference. I mean, for me, it's always been work from home for my employees as well. I mean, I have my managers there sitting there. Um, but you can always, there are always way to track how good the employee is doing. And you can always tell from your weekly meetings how much he or she has worked on his aspects. So you really don't need that person sitting in front of your eyes. Because even if he's sitting in your office, you're not looking at his screen all the time. 
you're just looking at his behavioral aspects if he's sitting in front of you. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at his screen. That's right. Only at the end of the week you get to know how much he has, he or she has worked at mm -hmm. that aspect. Allow him to sit at home. He would be happier with his family. And, and give him the freedom to come to office whenever exactly. he or she wants. Exactly. It's up to him. Yeah. So kind of have like a hybrid mix right, that right. for presentations right. and such aspects right. come to the office, right. have meetings here. Right. But most of the nine to five work right. they can do from. And trust is also a huge yeah. factor. Yeah. Because I feel like you can't really fake or even if you fake knowing that, oh, I'm working, I'm working. Right. How long will you be able to fake? You right. know, it, it shows eventually. eventually. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and um you said to keep the cost low right. in the beginning. So throughout your career, how did you accumulate a kind of... Because you, you would need initial savings to kind of have your own startup and stuff. Right. So would you advise for the engineers and um, and such in, in the various fields or anyone that can sure, apply into sure. a 9 to 5 job yeah. if they have aspirations for building their own company, their right. own small startup? Sure. How would you advise them to kind of have these investments and savings? Oh, that's a good question because anyone starting up, it's a, it's a, I, I mean, now I realize that I had to do, go through those aspects of my life, like investing, to build up that uh, cash as well. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, uh, at the early stages of your life, you, uh, don't waste money. I would say don't throw it. Get the experiences. I, I'm not saying don't get the experiences. Get the experiences of traveling, of knowing different sorts of people, doing different sorts of things. Uh, if you're in tech, look at the other side of things as well. Um, freelance, give your two or three hours teaching someone or going on farm fields and doing that sort of activity or go on a subway and work uh, for them for a few hours a week. Get these experiences. Um, but then build your cash as well on the sides. Mm -hmm. Hustle on the sides as well while you're having a nine to five job. Have a part-time job as well. Or do some freelancing as well on the sides. Where you're hustling, even if you if it doesn't pay you initially, that's fine. But eventually you might find that it's uh, it'll pay you. If you're good at something, people will pay you for that. So um, that is of, uh, so I mean, there's a part-time job that you can build your money from. Then the other thing is whatever you are gaining from these jobs or activities, uh, uh, don't uh, throw that money off because it's your hard-earned money. Um, you don't have to be very skimpy uh, or very stingy um, and not take those experiences, but then you have to keep a good balance between experiences and investing it right. Now getting on to investing, I would say few of the investments like real estate, um, stocks, 401k mm -hmm. um, and then freelancing as well it's not an investing but you're investing your time mm -hmm. initially you might not get paid but within a few months you would build your profile good enough that it's that investment of time will start paying you back uh, so uh, these are different sorts of investments that you can do from where you can build your uh, money up one of the things that I did was I was fortunate enough to get a job in 2009 when the real estate had crashed down Oh, um, okay. And then I could, I never wasted any money. As soon as I got married, I never wasted any money on, or never not wasted, I would say. I never threw any money in rent. Mm -hmm. I uh, bought a home even get, before getting married. Oh, wow. Just before before getting married. So that, that started was around 2009? 2010, okay. uh, mid. So I had started building my equity in there, in my, uh, in my apartment itself, a condominium that I got. Um, so... I was fortunate there. Uh, 
um, try and I mean so at different aspects at different stages of life you might find different opportunities I was lucky to get that uh, opportunity there you might be in a stock market crash mm -hmm. that you might want to invest in stocks and you can always find safe, uh, safe, good enough stocks that you can invest in, which will in a year give you probably double your money or at least give you 50%, 30% returns in your, on your money. That is huge. Um, so uh, that is again investment. 401k again, max out your 17% or whatever 401k you have so that you don't give that taxes back to government. Do that. Um, so build these, um, these avenues for money on the side and then uh, you will have that enough stash of cash after a few years. I'm not saying even a decade. Yeah. Enough in, in two, three years, you might sell your apartment or you might sell, sell the stocks. Mm -hmm. Or you might have built enough cash, enough clientele from your freelancing thing. Um, and then you might be able to hire more people. So that's how you can do it. Start it yeah. up. And yeah. It's, it's, honestly, it's a great advice because like you said, even for you to invest, you need to have money. And in order to have that money, you need to save first. Right. So that saving mentality it right. kind of needs to grow into right. at least people my age. Right. Like the youngsters, mm -hmm. these, these teenagers mm -hmm. and people 18 to 25. Right. It's uh, It's been such a consumer-based yeah. market. Like anything you see on Amazon, you can point out like 50 things. It's like, wow, they're all cool. Right. You know, like all this technologically advanced, like, right. oh, wow, this type of cover, this or that. And then they just, since it's been so convenient, place order, place order, right. like it's within a click, right? right. They have the one click right. to place order. Right. Right. So what kind of, uh, would you recommend a certain percentage of their salary they should kind of save? Or? Yeah, that was, I mean, um, my father had, uh, I mean, while I was young itself, my father had given me a very good tip often people would bracket the, bracket out their salaries in different uh, cans. Mm -hmm. Like I would save this much or I'm, I would invest this much or I would indulge this amount of money in uh, something that I want to have for myself. But then my father always said, if the best way to save is look at the money going out of your bank and don't look at the money that's coming to your bank. Just look at the money that's going out of your bank. And while it's going out of your bank, before it's going out of the bank, just give it, give the thought, is that thing really needed for me? And that just simplifies your life. If you're getting 100 bucks, just look at uh, 10 bucks that you're spending, If is that really needed for me? And you don't have to then complicate your life in different percentage or yeah, different yeah. cans of your life, That's right. uh, of your money. And then whatever you save, maximize your investments mm -hmm. from that saving then you don't have enough to indulge in unwanted things in there. Yeah, that's right. So just keep it simple. Whatever money is going out, ask you, ask that one question. Is that really needed? If not, if I can do without it, just leave it. Yeah. It reminds me of a, a similar tip that my father gave me. Huh. He says, uh, give yourself seven days to uh -huh. kind of think about right. something, seven days, right. eight days, nine days. And the kind of want that is needed, because it's, it's all about impulse, right? You right. buy it on impulse, impulse. Right most of the decisions we make so it kind of like you said that tip is very it's smart is this 10 bucks i'm spending is it even worth it right so it kind of makes you think what's more important this the saver right now for right. in the moment or the right long term right that right. i will keep that 10 bucks and put that into a stock market and then right in a year that 10 bucks it turned into 20 bucks right 15 bucks it's right. still better than oh yeah 
spending the 10 bucks right. on something that right. may you may right. not need you might go in the drive through for starbucks yeah and that five buck coffee and s instead of that you might get a five dollar stock for nokia you could <laughs> that five dollar would turn into 10 bucks yeah and but that five dollar coffee you're spending you're spending uh, at starbucks would go to zero right away mm -hmm. it's my, down the drain yeah. yeah my friend he says um don't if you're if you're a person who likes starbucks so much why don't right. you buy stocks in starbucks instead exactly. of exactly wasting your money on exactly. buying Starbucks every exactly. day, right? Yeah. They, they'll very pay true. you out and long term it's it's a it's very beneficial. Right, right. So I, I feel like that saving mentality is very important and right. hopefully people can sure. understand not like you said, enjoy it like the experiences you can gain yeah. from traveling. Right. They're all kind of have a planning, right? Right, right. So And you can always get good coffee, which is not Starbucks. <laughs> so you don't branding. Have, yeah. Don't go for branded stuff. Yeah. Especially when you are young, you don't need this branded stuff in there. You still get those qualities from non-branded things, mm -hmm. but you still get that experience in there. That that reminds me, um, it's kind of this meme I saw. And, uh, I think it was Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates mm -hmm. next to each other. And it said, 100 and something uh, billion dollars net worth combined mm -hmm. and not one Gucci belt in sight. <laughs> Wearing simple polo that's shirts true. That's and true. That's true. pants. Yeah. And then the, it's like... Wow, that's true. The people that really have the money, they don't show it. That's true. They right. don't have to show it. They don't have, they don't to. have to. It speaks it. for yeah. itself. Yeah, <laughs> it speaks for itself. Yeah. And um, I saw another thing that said, um, it said, you're closer to being a millionaire than Jeff Bezos is closer to being a millionaire. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the, the immense wealth that he has. That's and that, that leads back to the other tip you said, don't you know, put a wall around your right. mind or your company. Right. He started off selling books and yeah. look what they're now. Exactly. Yeah. Everything. Exactly. Everything. everything. Yeah. Music, uh, TV shows, movies, everything. Right. It's, right. It's, right. 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 It's amazing. Yeah. And one of the things that I, um, uh, that I think is, uh, some people would say just save it from 25 to 30, 35, whatever, and invest it, right? But then I feel it's important to have those experiences as well, because. Um, as you're saving during those 25 to 30, you wouldn't be saving enough, but then you would be losing out on, on those experiences. Mm. But when you are 30 to 35 or 35 and whatever, the next leg or the next jump that you get, get in your life, that one increment in your pay would pay back for those five years of saving you would do. But then you would have lost on those experiences. So don't lose those experiences. Don't mm. get exp expensive experiences. Uh, but then get a balance between experiences as well as saving. And what are your favorite types of experiences to kind of, oh, uh, that it's worth to spend money on? Oh, um, open a company, I would say. Yeah? Yeah. Open a company. It fails. Answer. It fails. I, I had failed. I had canned companies. I had failed companies. But open a company. It's a different energy, different feel to it. It's a different life experience. You will fail. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I have failed on quite a few uh, uh, companies that I've built. Uh, these were not, not even companies, just product in their wombs that, mm -hmm. that died off. But that's fine. I mean, you spend some money, you get those experiences, and those are the best experiences you get. Because um, you're working with different energies, different people, different products, different uh, markets, different, um, and it's beautiful, it's beautiful. That reminds me of a quote. It says, you learn more from failure than success. Yeah. yeah, yeah right? So yeah. It, it's kind of necessary. I yeah. wouldn't say aim for failure, but right. if you learn something from a failure, right. apply it and change it, right. you could succeed in the future. Yeah. And if not, then 
it's kind of like applying if you if you do the same thing over and over right and you keep failing i think that's not the wisest choice you can make sure but if you're like oh no I'll, if i keep trying i'll maybe one day succeed but right. if it's the if you keep doing one plus one equals two do that 50 million times it'll still equal two right right i mean one plus one equals three yeah and yeah, you yeah, yeah, change yeah, it up you get it yeah so it's kind of like a adaptation that's right. another thing you mentioned right. so right. these are awesome points right and because uh, sometimes i mean even uh, while opening a company you have a team you will take that team out for dinners and lunches so you'll get those eating experiences as well you will travel with that team or you will travel to meet different clients mm-hmm. you will get those travel experiences as well while you are investing that time in making money as well so i mean uh, you can get those ex- i mean for me that was one of the ex- important experiences uh, experience that i had um others were where the freelancing stuff that i did or initially for i mean in my student life i had to work on uh, subways or probably a few days on uh, 711 or in usc we used to work in uh, um jam jamba juice uh and uh, things like those so those are again different experiences uh it shows you different aspects of life uh you get to work with different sorts of people um and that gets you ready for whatever comes in your life and it's it's honestly so inspiring to see it that you're very optimistic about it right some people would be like oh like i have to work I, at 711 no, or i have yeah. to work at this job yeah. that i don't deserve right. to but the way you look at it the positivity that yeah. you say it's experience you get to right. meet different people right right the right. things that you may learn at a 711 subway jamba right. juice right. someday you can you will apply in right right the company right. that you start right, right. or right. even the connections you may build yeah yeah i mean yeah I mean you would be surprised you might make the best of your friends working at these places than working at the biggest of the companies and and it's beautiful to work yeah. at these places as well I mean I don't say those were the tough days of my life mm-hmm. those were experiences beautiful experiences I would again say because at that stage it was beautiful you being a student um and you getting a job working at 711 someone trusting you on his shop yeah. see you think it is what what better than than that at that age That's right. And there was again but I still have those two caps. I mean, I still have a cap from Subway. Oh wow. When I worked there, and I still have a cap that they give uh, at Google. Uh while you join Google. So I still have those two caps I, that I look at uh, time and again whenever I feel down or whenever I feel uh, just too high, just to get me on plane. I would just look at those two caps. How worse than it can it get or how wh- what 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 is there to lose? That's beautiful. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And um we're kind of nearing the end of the interview. Sure. So we have a final three round sure. where I'll ask you final three sure. questions. Like so a rapid fire question. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. So kind of like <laughs> that. So you could keep it as short as one word or one sentence. Sure. Up to you. So my first question to you would be what's the best advice that you have received? Oh, I mean um I mean for my life of 35 36 years there were different advices at different stages of life. So I wouldn't say there's been a Um if I have to go for one advice that um uh, that I had received through these years that have remained true was uh, my father always said while I was student especially for students if your audience is more in that age group while you're a student you just have to do three things um just study just eat and just play there's nothing outside of this that you have to do because um it will just take you off the tracks i mean he didn't say that that cause yes but he he kept it simple study eat and play just these three things that you have to do um as a student that was um 
And then there was different different advices, different uh, doing different mm -hmm. phases of my life. That no, but that's that's actually yeah. really good advice because some students try to start a company while they're students and maybe not the perfect time to start, right? Sure. Like you said, focus on three things, sure. keep it simple. Keep it simple, yeah. That's a great yeah. advice. And uh, the second question I would like to ask you yeah. would be, what's one thing you've learned from your failure mm -hmm. that if you were to look back to it, uh -huh. how you would adapt and change to that? Sure, I mean, uh, um, again, a story there. Go for it. <laughs> uh, there was a company that I started in, uh, um, uh, which was more of a AAA for India. Okay. Or uh, where it would um, uh, tow your cars and things like those. Um, but I would say, just don't be uh, afraid of failing. I failed at that company, and then I was afraid to start anything new for Mm -hmm. quite a bit uh, and I didn't do that for a long time uh, and then I got over that dilemma pretty after after some time but then yeah don't don't be afraid to fail you yeah. will fail yeah. you have to fail to go ahead in life yeah so it's kind of get rid of that fear yeah get rid of the fear and that, then the other thing is uh, don't think what others might think that you are doing it's for you to answer your life that's right you don't have to answer anyone else around you, mm -hmm. not even your parents. Don't think what your parents or what someone else in your life might be thinking of, what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're looking. You are what you are. Love yeah. it. That's yeah. another great sure. piece of work. And the last question to you would be, what if there was one rule that everyone had to follow in the world, mm -hmm. what would it be? Oh, that's a, again a very intense and war question. <laughs> uh, one rule: just be good. Um, as they say, karma is a bitch. It'll come bite you. Uh, just be good, do good, and and leave it. Uh, leave the rest to the to the powers of this universe. You call it God. You call it whatever. There are powers in this universe that look at the goods that you're doing and mm -hmm. the bads that you're doing. So just do good and leave it to these powers in the universe. Because you don't want to do bad and kind of think that oh shoot, right. maybe. Maybe not. It may not affect you, because um, I have a friend. Uh -huh. He's much older. Uh -huh. He kind of advised me. He said, "Don't think that some people think that. Oh, I, I had done something wrong for someone, mm -hmm. but it won't affect me. Mm -hmm. It may not affect you, but it may do something for your kids. Right. Yeah. And it's still affecting you even more sure. if you think about right. it. Right. Because you don't want to see your kid getting right. hurt, right? right. As a right. parent. Yeah. So, like you said, karma." Finds its, it yeah, it yeah, finds its way around. Get around, yeah. So. And so, do good, be good. Right. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you so much sure, for being man. on our show. Again, sure. everyone, Barack Salve. And uh, I'll link his socials and uh, his website down below. So, thank you so much. Sure. It was an honor talking to you. Sure. Thank you. Nice talking to you. <laughs>